You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Let's pray our prayer and our feast in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is our prayer of abundance. Let's all declare it. Pray it like you've never prayed it before. Together, today, I receive all of God's love for me. Come on. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Louder. Today, I proclaim to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's Word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Come on. Today, I proclaim that I am God's beloved. I am God's servant. I am God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands to your heart and have this moment with Him. Lord, speak to us. We are listening. Lord, our hearts, our minds are open to you. We welcome you. Lord, do your mighty work in us. We await your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give the Lord a big, big hand, everybody. Thank you, God. Exciting. Exciting. Hallelujah. Take your seats, everybody. How are you? Can I get my Bible? <laughs> Our series, we are in the talk three of our series called Closer. Everybody say Closer. Again, the spirit of the book of Leviticus is so that we may be closer to Jesus. How many of you wants to, be, have, wants to have a closer relationship with the Lord? Amen. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. So today, our one big message is this. God is courting you. Can you say that? Let's just have a check with everybody. Sino dito ang mga naligawan na taas ang kamay? Parang, ganun sila oh. Bayanan si Doc. Ba naman niya? Kala ko ba everyone's welcome and loved here? Sino dito yung mga naligaw na taas ang kamay? Yung iba parang, oh, yun na nga eh. Kaya ako sa feast eh. Wala pa nangyayari. Gano'n. <laughs> But the hope for today is this. God is courting you. God is courting you. And for the first seven chapters of Leviticus, God explains the five kinds of sacrifices that Israel can offer. And here are they. One, ascension offering. Two, gift offerings. Three, peace offering. Four, purification offering. Five, guilt offering. Two of these sacrifices says to God, thank you. Three of these sacrifices says, I am sorry. Why? Before we unpack, that's going to be the talk. And, and before we understand what the heck is that? Why, is there, why are there specific sacrifices for specific things, specific, specific reasons? I need you to understand this. That's why I'm going to do the introduction to the talk so that you can get context. Everybody say context. 
Our preacher today is Brother Audi Villaraza and he's prepared a fantastic talk. And I want you to, before he comes in, you get to have that context, that lens. Ah, that's what he is pointing at. So I'm trying to make things easier for him, <laughs> hopefully. So you have to understand that there are two unique things about these sacrifices. And the fact is this, Israel wasn't alone. Israel is not alone in practicing ritual sacrifices. It's not just the Israelites. You will see in history that there are Edomites, Moabites, Ammonites, Canaanites. They are all neighbors of the ancient culture of Israel. They offer sacrifices to their gods. So it's not just the Israelites that is unique that they offer sacrifices. But it is different. Like I said, two unique things about the Israelites' sacrifices. So what's different when we sacrifice to Yahweh? The first is this. The focus is different. Everybody say focus. The focus is different. And you will find it strange that in the seven chapters that explain the five sacrifices, only once, only once that the word sacrifice appeared. Just only once. They called sacrifices, instead of saying it sacrifices, they called it offerings. It's weird. It's like, it's like a Bo Sanchez writing a book about how to increase your sales. And yet, he never writes the word sell or sales in the book. He says serve. Because in his mind and in his culture and in his ways, his philosophy is serving than selling. Do you get it? And, and so when the author of the Leviticus did not put the word sacrifice to explain the sacrifices, it is, it is important. It's not an accident. And it was the author. They were driving to a point. It means something. So instead of sacrifices, it became offerings. Everybody say offerings. The, oh, the, the original Hebrew word translated to offerings literally meant a drawing near thing. Everybody say drawing near thing. The sacrifices are there. The offerings are there because it's a drawing near thing. The main purpose, that's why the title of our series is Closer. Because sacrifices is good. That's our talk number one. Because sacrifices draws us near to God. The focus is not on the death of the animal or the death of, the, of something. But the focus is not on death. The focus is on life. The focus was not on the process. The focus is on the purpose. And again, the purpose again and again and again, I hope you get this before we dive deeper, is the purpose is for us to, have a, to be drawn near to God. The purpose of the feast is not... It's not to condemn each and every one of us. Di ka nagsimba, o hindi ka nakikinig. O kaya, the purpose of, not, of the feast is hindi lang yung dahil may kape na dyan sa baba, o dahil nadala lang ako ng kapamilya ko dito, sinama ako ng boyfriend or girlfriend ko dito, sabi kasi ng nanay ko. The purpose of the feast entirely is for us to be closer to one another. Amen? And most especially, closer to God. 
the purpose, the focus is different. And the second thing that is different about the sacrifices of Israel is this. The purpose. Everybody say purpose. The purpose is different. You have to understand that the, most of the pagan nations, sacrifices are there to their gods to achieve three purposes. And what are those? Number one, so that they could appease their angry God. Sorry the Lord, sorry the God. I'm, we're making the sacrifices because we've sinned against you so that you will not be angry to us. That's why sacrifices are there in, in, ancient, in ancient culture. Secondly is because we want something from God. The, the, we, we want the favor. We want to gain the favor of a God. Imagine that. And thirdly, to get their idol, their God, to notice us. Because we want to get the attention of God. Because, because they're thinking that their God or goddess is aloof, is disinterested with their mortal lives. With them as human beings, they are nothing but critters on earth. And, and if, if sacrificing, here's how it is before. If sacrificing a goat or an animal doesn't work, they will go on the next level. The next level is they will self-mutilate themselves with hardened rocks, with sharp stones. Like, like in Baal's prophets, in, 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 it's all seen in, in the king's book of the Bible, so that their God will pay attention. Imagine that kind of thinking. And in the showdown with the prophets, you will hear it that Elijah even joked that perhaps Baal was in the toilet. That's why the prophets need to make things louder and they need to get the attention of Baal. And if the animal sacrifices failed to get their deity's blessing and attention, they can use their last card, which is human sacrifices. You've seen it in the history. They will throw babies into a blazing furnace of fire as in the red hot iron belly of Molech. And Leviticus actually prohibits this if you'll read it in chapter 8, verse 21. So what is this drawing for us? This is not the God whom we serve and love. This is not the God who loves us. When, we, when there are sacrifices of when there are sacrifices for Yahweh, it's a different story. It's a different focus. It's a different purpose. Because remember this, God is the one who's trying to get your attention. It is not us trying to get God's attention. It is Him. It is God who's trying to get our attention. In Leviticus, we will understand that it is God who is making the effort. He's not aloof. He doesn't see us as very small, you know, nothing, nothing like critters. No, no. He is making the first move. He's, he's not playing hard to get. We are. We are. He doesn't. He doesn't second guess on you. He doesn't think if you're good or not. Remember in our Bible, 
in our belief, God is the author of life, and He is also the suitor of His people. The purpose of the animal sacrifices prescribed in Leviticus is not to win God over. He's already totally committed to His people. The purpose was not to gain God's favor. They were already God's favorites. We are already His people. So remember this, the purpose of animal sacrifices in Leviticus was to prepare the hearts of the people for His presence. For His presence. That is why you and me, guys, I honor you because you showed up. You say, Sige Lord, nagbihis ako, nagcommute ako, gumising ako na maaga. I went the effort because I'm gonna meet my suitor. I'm gonna meet my God. I'm gonna meet the author of my life. And, you know, time travel to now, 21st century, we don't see animal sacrifices. Wala kang makita dyan sa plaza na may, you know, na may hinahangat na katakot yun siguro. <laughs> Thank God we're not in those times anymore. But there are offerings of praise. There are sacrifices of praise. There We celebrate the Holy Eucharist, the highest form of worship. It is the sacrifice of the Mass. We sing love songs to God. We pray the rosary. We do fasting and prayers. We, we, we offer time to be in the blessed sacrament. And why do we all do that? Is it because we want to get the attention of God? Is it because we want to say sorry to God? Is it because, God, I need something from you? Here it is. We do that. We worship God. Understanding that He loves us first. That He is committed for us, good for us. And worship is something that we do not do to God, but something we do for ourselves. And in definition, in a personal definition, I learned this from Brother Bob, worship, sacrifices, prayers, worship is allowing God to love us. So when you go to Mass again, it's never the same anymore. The, the, from the entrance procession to the liturgy of the Word, to the homily, to the offering time, to the Eucharistic prayers, and we sing different songs hanggang sa Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. Pagdating ng communion, nandun. That's when the suitor and you and me meets God, meets Him. That's why I encourage you, go to communion. That is the real presence of God. We are the only ones who believe that that is the real presence. And that is the gift of our Catholic Church to us. That is real Jesus in the feast. Worship is allowing God to love us. So in the feast, there are, there's this, there's, yes, there's the mass, there is the, the, there's the song, there's the offering, there's the preaching of your, <clears throat> of your <laughs> but the most important part is, yes, we are talking to you here, we're talking to you here, but the most important is this. What is this? It's when we offer in response and when we sing 
in response to what we just learned, what we just felt, and then we reach out to God in prayer later when we do it. I'm trying to explain to you that that is our experience. That is how we believe things are to be. And that is what God is teaching us today. When you go through the book of Leviticus, it is not God commanding you. It is God loving you. Brother Bo Sanchez is far away, but he has a message for us. Look at the video and enjoy. Hi, Peace Bay Area. I am here in the deserts of Dubai. And I am here to visit the number of feasts that are here. We, we have a number of them all over the Middle East. And we are so grateful that God has opened doors and people are gathering together. Listen, just, just a very short message. God is here in this beautiful place. God is there in your life. And He will continue to be there. He will continue to bless you. He will continue to speak to you at this particular feast that you are in right now. Um, after this, after preaching here, I'll be leading a Holy Land pilgrimage. Um, so we'll be going to Israel. And uh, maybe one day, I hope that you can join me. Uh, you can plan for it because I, I go to the Holy Land every year. God bless you, everybody. I will see you have an amazing time at the feast today. Morning, everyone. Can I ask everyone to rise up on your seats as we honor the beautiful, immutable, unchanging, and unshakable Word of God. Everybody raise your hands. Sing with me. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Continue standing. I want you to be immersed in the presence of God in this moment. You can close your eyes and feel Jesus walking amongst us. Father in heaven, we thank you for the time that you have given us this morning. Truly, you are a good God. Thank you for waking us up. And right now, this is your moment to shine. As we break open your good book, let every word pierce our hearts so that it will be powerful it will be personal, and it will change us today. We want every person in this place right now to be leaning in and loving you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. One more time, everybody, lift up those hands. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Give the Lord a big hand, everyone. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can park yourselves again in that seat. Touch three people and say, God is courting you. Amen. It's just so beautiful that we're together. Can I ask a little favor from everybody here? I know that we only have a few minutes left. I'm going to try to deliver this talk as quick as I can, but I, I, I want a little favor from, from people here. Can we all agree for the next few minutes while we are together is that you will discard any distraction that might overcome you? I, I know that sometimes we have a lot of distractions when it comes to 
are the notifications that pop up, not just in your phones, but in your head. You got some things that you're worried about. You left some people in the house. Sometimes it's the person sitting next to you that, that disturbs you. I want us to, for the next few remaining minutes, that we're be, going to be leaning in on the Word of God. Is that okay? All right. Because the, the, the message that we're going to be delivering today is somewhat a little technical. It's a little bit hard. We had to study this the entire week, but I'm praying that this is going to minister to you. So one more time, touch your neighbor and say, makinig ka. Okay, thank you so much. I'm going to be teaching you five different ways that the Israelites offered to the Lord. Five different sacrifices. And like I said, this is going to be a little bit technical, so I need you to follow. Five Levitical teachings. And the first one is called the Ascension Offering. Can everybody say that? Ascension. I'll try to explain this in the best way that I can. The Ascension Offering was pretty much the most foundational and the most fundamental of all types of offering. Why? Because everybody did it. It was so common that everybody did it twice a, a day at least. One in the morning and then one at night. And this is the type of offering where they would take an animal, offer that entire animal to the Lord, and then, you know, burn it and then put it on the altar. And what made it so unique was the fact that they offered the whole animal, whether it was a a bull or a calf, depending on how wealthy you were back then, that would dictate what kind of offering you would give. If you were middle class, you could offer a goat or a lamb or a sheep. But if you were a little financially challenged, you could still offer something. How? You can offer a dove or anything that, that was worth your money that was unblemished and clean. But what made this offering so unique is that they offered the whole animal. Think about that for a moment. Parang pag Pilipino ka ang hirap nun. Kasi pag Pinoy, di ba ang Pinoy kapag ka, pagkain, lahat kakainin. Lahat edible. Bawal magtapon, bawal magsayang. Isipin niyo to, sa manok lang, di ba? Lahat ng parte ng manok, kakainin natin. Chicken thigh, chicken leg, chicken feet. Kahit chicken feet, ginagawang Adidas. Di mo alam kung may ingrown ba, kakainin mo, mas masarap. Chicken wing, di ba? Lahat. Even yung, yung, di ba, yung chicken neck. Sino may paborito ng chicken neck? Yung hinuhuli mo, chicken eh, kahit wala namang laman yon, Kahit nga yung chicken puwet, kinakain, di ba, ginagawang isaw. Chicken skin, chicken uh, bituka, di ba? Lahat na lang, kahit, kahit yung dugo, gagamitin lahat, kahit pagbaboy, di ba? Kahit pagbaboy, ganyan, lelechunin mo, may matitira. Ano gagawin mo dun sa ulo? Yung pisngi at yung tenga, gagawing sisig. Barbecue, lahat. Yung, yung tendon ng, ng baboy gagamitin sa ramen. So, pag Pilipino, ayaw nagsasayang, ayaw nagtatapon. Kaya mga magulang, di ba? Mga parents. Pag nakita mo yung anak mo na kinain yung manok tapos ang daming natitira, ano sasabihin mo? Ano ba naman? Ang dami nagugutom sa Africa tapos ano gagawin mo? Sisimutin mo. Ikaw naman, ang res- yun ang responsibility ng parent, di ba? Kakainin mo lahat. Kasi pag Pilipino, bawal magtapon, bawal magsayang. So, I wonder... You know, this will not work for Filipinos, but for the Israelites, that's what they did. They gave the whole animal. And you know what? There's a beautiful spiritual significance when you do that. Ask me what? A little bit louder. What? The significance is that when you give to the Lord, you give your all. Bawal magdamot kay Lord. si Lord. Sometimes, you know, when you give to the Lord in the offering, sometimes, you know, you hesitate. Kasi paubos na yung pera mo. But you know what? It's a beautiful way of worshiping the Lord that when you surrender to Him, you surrender your entire being. You surrender your whole self. 
That's the ascension offering. That's hence the word ascension. Everything goes up to God. Okay? But God gives a very specific instruction in the book of Leviticus, chapter 1, verse 4. God says to the Israelites, He says, I want you to lay your hand on the animal's head, and the Lord will accept its death in your place to purify you, making you right with Him. Lay your hand on the animal's head. I was thinking at first, was that, you know, just a random thing that God just wants you to lay your head on the animal's head and that will become your offering? When God says something, it's very, it's always on purpose. How many of you know that? When God gives you an instruction, there's always a purpose, a reason attached to that. I want you to think about this. That instruction of laying your head on an animal, it's not an accident. It's deliberate. Because when you lay your hand on anything, you're actually identifying. Everybody say identifying. You're identifying with that animal. So it's not one of those things that you just, you know, you, you, you put your hand on an animal or you pat it on the head and you say, you know, good boy, good girl. You know, thank you for taking one for the team. That's not what they were doing. When they were laying their hands on the animal, it was as if they were saying, now this animal is me. So you're sacrificing an animal, but that animal is a representation of you now. Because they believe that when they sacrifice an animal and the blood covers all of your sin. But you know, when you think about it, we don't really practice that anymore. I mean, when was the last time you drained an animal from its blood and offered it and burned it and offered it to the Lord? Anybody ever do that? None of us did that because we're New Testament people now. We believe that Jesus came and Jesus is the lamb that was slain to take away every sin in the world. So now Jesus is the one that we need to identify with. How do we identify with Jesus? I remember the story of the two disciples who, after Jesus died, there's a story in the book of Luke chapter, chapter 44 verse 13 where the two disciples walked away from Jerusalem. You remember that? They walked to a town called Emmaus because Jesus died. They didn't know what to do, so they walked away from Jerusalem. But somehow in the journey, Jesus shows up. But they could not recognize Him. The Bible says that they did not even recognize So imagine traveling in this journey with a person talking about Jesus, and that person was actually Jesus, but they did not recognize Him until the Bible says that they only recognized Him when Jesus broke the bread when they ate and when Jesus broke the bread and then they realized that was Jesus all along what am I trying to say how many of you are in a breaking stage right now can you raise your hand come on just be honest with me anybody here going through some breaking in their life anybody or maybe you just recently got broken and now you're picking yourself up here's my point you want to be able to identify with Jesus guess what it's in your breaking where you are closest to Christ more than you think you know. So praise God if you're going through a breaking right now or you've been through a breaking because that's one way to know that you are able to identify with Jesus. When you carry your cross, you know that Jesus is so close to you. And you know that process of being burned, of burning the sacrifice, that's a beautiful process, my friends. Because fire is not meant, God's fire is not meant to destroy you. It's meant to refine you. So if you're also going through, you're feeling like you're going through hell right now, quote unquote, that's a good thing. Why? Because God is removing the things that do not belong to Him. God is wiping away all the bad stuff that do not belong to Him. So welcome that 
in your life. That's an invitation to welcome the fire in your life. Amen? That's the first offering. It's called the ascension offering. But there is another kind of offering, and it's called the gift offering. Everybody say gift. This is very simple. It's pretty self-explanatory. The reason why we offer to the Lord is because we want to gift Him with something. In fact, we still do this in the church today. You know, we bring up an offering. We take up an offering. We give to the Lord. What do we give during Mass? We give fruits and vegetables. That's what they used to give. Back then, they would give the Lord a gift of fruit and vegetables. And for the poorest of the poor who had no money, you know, they still gave in the form of grain. Bigas. You know, binibigay nila kay Lord. But this is a beautiful way of thanking the Lord for all the blessings that we have received. But you know, sadly, there's still a lot of people who don't trust the Lord and they don't give to the Lord as much as you, you guys probably do. I'm not talking about you. You're in church. You're good. <laughs> but there are some people who still hesitate in giving God you know, the first fruits of their labor. Je- Deuteronomy chapter 26 says that the Israelites gave the first fruits of their harvest to the Lord. That's beautiful. And in case you're somebody here who's thinking, you know, kulang ne, parang magbibigay kay Lord. Wala na ako pang commute pa uwe. Wala na ako pang baon buwas. Why will I still give to the Lord? Some of you hesitate in giving God the first fruits of your labor. But let me tell you this. Let me ask you instead. How many of you have ever experienced that God has blessed you abundantly? Can you just raise your hand? Has God blessed you abundantly? Has He provided for you in ways? that you could not provide for yourself? Yes? Yes? Yes. Then why don't you consider offering Him praise? Why don't you consider offering Him thanksgiving? Why don't you consider offering Him service when you know that God has blessed you abundantly? In fact, can we do that right now? Just 10 seconds of praising the Lord. Praising the Lord for He is good even if sometimes you're not. Praising the Lord even if you're not faithful and He is faithful because God will always be good. Everybody say, God is good. Let's always be in a posture of gifting the Lord even if sometimes it hurts us. That's why it's called a sacrifice. If it doesn't hurt you, it's not a sacrifice. It's surplus. It's extra. Sacrifice is something that will hurt you from within. So consider offering the Lord praise service, serve in ministry. I mean, we're looking for keyboardists here. If you've got the talent to serve in the ministry, come join us. Give to the Lord. That's the gifting offering. Here's the third one. The third one is called peace offering. Peace offering. I know what the husbands are thinking right now. I expert on John. I give one to my wife every day. (laughs) It's not what you think, okay? It's not that type of peace offering because let me read to you first what it says in the peace offering. Um, Jesus says this. He says, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors. Listen to this. Because they will invite you back. And that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous God, or of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. The peace offering. In Hebrew, the word peace means shalom. Can you say to your neighbor, shalom? It means peace. That's how they greeted people when they see them for the first time. They say, shalom, my friend. And when they bid each other goodbye, they say, shalom. My friend, it's a beautiful word, peace. But the way they gave peace, that we give peace today, is a little bit different. 
Because to them, there was a specific instruction that Jesus gave. You know, they said, Jesus says that when you invite people, don't just invite, you know, just your good friends, your brothers, and your relatives, and your rich neighbors. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And you know, that was a beautiful way of offering to the Lord. Here's how I want you to understand this. I remember we have this brother. He's a feast light planter. His, his name is Brother Darwin Susano. I always mention him here at the feast. Chances are you probably heard about him because during the height of the pandemic in 2020, he, when everything was locked down, lumingon siya sa condo niya in Makati, and then he saw that there were some jeepney drivers locked down in an empty parking lot. They, they could not work because there was no route. People were not allowed to commute, so they didn't have money. So you know what he did? He, he went down, talked to them, and eventually, you know what he did? He offered them a meal. He dined with them. He brought food. He cooked for them, and that became that lifestyle. They became a light group eventually, but you know, the beautiful thing that happened there is that it was a revelation of what God's garden would actually look like. God's original design, God's garden of Eden looks like this. Every person, rich or poor, young or old, men or women, they all dwell in harmony. That's what the garden looks like. Everybody is fed. Everybody is nourished. Everybody is equal in the sense that they all dwell in harmony. Can I, can I dare you to do something radical this week? May I? Even today. May I? I want you to look for opportunities. Pray, pray. And then look for opportunities where you can be God's love to somebody this week. Maybe even just today, after you leave the feast. You're going to have lunch right after the feast. Some of you are going to go to a restaurant. Maybe one of you will just need to think, what if I buy an extra meal and then give it to the first person that I see who I know is going hungry? That's a radical move. Or maybe, maybe, you don't, it doesn't always have to be monetary in nature because we all know that money is not the only valuable resource that you have. My, my father-in-law celebrated his birthday recently and then Ethan says to me a few days later, he says, Dad, is it really Lolo's birthday? Was it really Lolo's birthday? And I said, yes, why? Because nobody gave him a toy. Nobody gave him a gift. Money is not your only valuable resource. What is your other valuable resource? Time. Time. Why? Because the last time I checked, you only have 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Anybody got more time than that? Time is a valuable resource. So when you give your time to people, it, it, it means that you love them, you care for them. So maybe you caring for people this week and opening for opportunities to be God's love, would you be willing to call a friend that you haven't spoken to for so long and then say, what can I pray for you? Or maybe meet a stranger and ask them, can I help you? Or maybe look around for people that you could help, tangibly help. I believe that when we do that, when we offer peace, everybody say peace. We're offering it to the Lord because, listen to me, real peace or real shalom, it, it's not the absence of conflict in your life. Real peace is the presence of love within. When you have love, my friends, you have peace. Do you agree? Yes. Shout amen if you agree. Yes. That's the peace offering. So we offer our peace, not just to God, but to people as well. But the fourth type of offering is called the guilt offering. Say that with me. Guilt offering. One of the reasons why we come back to the Lord and why we make offering to the, offerings to the Lord is really because, you know, we're guilty. When we know what we've done against the Lord, we, we make an offering. But this is so strange because in the reading 
when you study this, God actually asks something so strange to, uh, from everybody. And it says this, okay? Oh, sorry, it's not the guilt offering. I missed one. It's the purification offering. The fourth one is called the purification offering. And God has an instruction. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, this is in Leviticus chapter 4, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instruction to the people of Israel. This is how you are to deal with those who sin unintentionally. Everybody say unintentionally. Those who sin unintentionally, not knowing what they did by doing anything that violates one of the Lord's commands. So the purification offering are for people who have two intentions. Number one, people who sin out of, out of uh, ignorance. Did you know that you can sin even if you don't know that, that, that that's a sin? Sin of omission. You, you, you don't know that it's a sin, but you continue to do it because you ignorantly do not know. But that's regarded as a sin. And you need to ask atonement for that. That's why, remember that when Jesus was up on the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Jesus asked for forgiveness on behalf of you and me for the things that we do not know what we do because it's our responsibility to seek the truth and to live in the truth. So yes, it's a sin. That's why you ask and come to the Lord to forgive you for those sins that, that you do out of ignorance. But the second thing that they ask forgiveness for, for this offering, are for sins done out of weakness. Everybody say weakness. There are things that you do that because you have a weakful nature, a sinful nature, you do it. You sin. Like for example, you have been bouting with temper. And you've promised your kids, your wife, your boss, your friends that you will never act out in anger or in temper. But then one day, somebody triggers you and now you're shouting at your kids. You're shouting at your employees. You're shouting at your neighbors. You fell. Why? Because you were weak. Or another example, you might be battling with porn and you have been good for four months but then a thought comes over you or, or somebody gives you an image and now you're back in the saddle again. There are things that we do out of weakness. And you know what? I am so glad that we've got a God who provides ways for even weak people like you and me so that we can return in His favor and continue to stand in His grace. Isn't God good? Even if you're weak, God is strong and God will continue to provide you with ways so that you can live in grace again and again. So that's the purification offering where you can continually purify yourself because of those two sins. And the last one is called, here we are, the guilt offering. The guilt offering. This is so good because the guilt offering is when you approach God with guilt. It's not only because you hurt God, but it's also because you hurt others as well. You know, when you hurt God, you, you indirectly hurt people as well because people love God. But when you also hurt people, you also hurt God because God loves His people. But then Jesus says this, sorry, God says this in the instruction in Leviticus chapter 6, verse 5. God says, you must make restitution by paying the full price if you have guilt. Plus, listen to this, an additional 20% to the person that you have harmed. On that same day, you must present a guilt offering. Verse 6, as a guilt offering to the Lord, you must bring to the priest your own ram with no defects. Or you may buy one of equal value. This is a little strange, okay? I want you to listen to this. This is an analogy. Let's, let's imagine, may utang ka sa katabi mo ngayon, ha? Tingnan mo yung katabi mo. Kunyari lang, kunyari lang. 
Kunyari may utang ka sa katabi mo, isang libo. One thousand. Okay? Ay, magbayad. Ano sabi ni Lord? Bayaran mo. Okay? Sabi mo sa katabi mo, bayaran mo ko. Okay. So assuming that that person paid you already, here's what God is asking. Not only will you give the 1,000 pesos back, but you have to give 20%, which is 200 pesos. So ngayon, meron ka pang 200. Not only that! Uh-uh. Now you also have to go to church, to the temple, offer an animal that is of the equal value of the amount that you owed your friend, which is also another 1,000 pesos, and then... 20% more. So now, how much do you owe? How much are you paying back? 240%. Imagine. Lord, ang hirap naman, Lord. But what is the point? The point is this. When you're guilty of something, isn't it true that when you come before the Lord in your guilt, you want to pay back so much more? Parang gusto mo pang bayaran pa yung mga past sins mo. That's what's happening. In fact, Jesus says this. He says in Matthew, so if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person and then come and offer your sacrifice to God. In your guilt, your guilt makes you want to pay back every single centavo and then even some more. I know what some of you are thinking, ang hirap naman nun. Is that even possible? I'll tell you how it's possible. Somebody did that. Somebody did that. Who? Ask me who. Zacchaeus. The chief tax collector. Remember him? He was hated by all of the Jews. Why? Because they knew that every tax collector would always pad. Parating may tubo. Yun ang kita nila. Galit galit sila sa mga chief tax collectors. But what did Zacchaeus do? When he heard that this man named Jesus was going to pass through his town, he made every way to meet the person called Jesus. But he was so short. So what did he do? He climbed up the sycamore tree. And then Jesus called him from the middle of the crowd and said, Zacchaeus, come down right now. I'm going to dine in your house. And then what happened? The beautiful thing happened. Zacchaeus was transformed. He was converted. He was convicted. And then what did Zacchaeus do? It says here, I will give half, not 20%, not 240%. I will give half my wealth to the poor. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Hallelujah. Not 240%, 400%. Can I ask you to stand up? It's a hard thing to do, right? Come before the Lord and ask the Lord, I want to repay back all the sins that I've done, Lord, so much. And some of you might say, that's not even possible. I mean, my bank account won't even support the the amount that, that I owe you, Lord. You tell me it's not possible? I've just told you about Zechariah. Zacchaeus, rather. Zacchaeus who was changed. Why? Because he had an encounter with Jesus. You tell me that it's not possible, I'll tell you all about Paul. Paul, who once upon a time was the greatest offender of the church, but because he had an encounter with Jesus, he was changed. From the greatest offender, he became the greatest defender of the church, of the faith. You tell me it's not possible. 
It's hard to do, but I'll tell you all about my life. And I've been doing that ever since. Because the moment I met Jesus at the age of 27, my life has not been the same. I know what it's like to have an encounter with the Lord. And if you continue to tell me it's not possible, brother Audi, well, I'll tell you this. It's probably because you've never really had a real encounter with Jesus Christ. Because when you encounter the love of Jesus, my God, things will change in your life. You would be willing to risk it all, to give it all, to turn back from your sin, and to say never again. That's what it means when you have a real encounter with Jesus. You give everything to Him. You give your all and then some. You know, today, you have a chance to do it again. Maybe there are some things in your life that you haven't really surrendered to the Lord. I don't know what it is. It's between you and your God. But right now, there is a chance for you to do it again. Because Jesus is here. And He's calling you out from the crowd because He wants you. He's courting you. He wants to have life with you, but it's really up to you. Will you say yes to Him? Or will you say no? The choice is yours. I want to end this way. In 2013, there was this woman who went viral because she wrote a book about how to organize things in your life, in your home rather. Her name is Marie Kondo. Anybody know her, Marie Kondo? And then in 2019, she went really viral because Netflix produced a show for her. It was called Tidying with Marie, Marie Kondo. She would basically teach people how to organize stuff in their life. And she was so wonderful. And people, you know, wanted to do the same thing. You know, how to fold your shirts, how to organize your cabinets. And they, that was wonderful. But you know what? A few days ago, Marie came out with shocking news. She said, my life is a mess. Why? Here's what she said. She said, my home is messy, but the way I am spending my time is the right way for me at this time, at this stage of my life. Marie Kondo now has three kids. Parents, raise your hand. Parents would know this. Marie Kondo just realized that with kids, the house is always going to be messy. Right? Can I get an amen from the parents? But the beautiful truth that I'm learning from what I just read and what I realized a few weeks ago is that, a few days ago is that life will always be messy. No matter how much you try to clean it up, life will always be messy. You clean it up, it gets dirty the next day. You clean it up, a few hours from now, it gets dirty right away. Eventually, you will get tired. But that's okay. Why? Because you've got a helper. Somebody to help you when life gets dirty, when life gets messy, when life gets filthy, you can call on Him who is our ever-present help in times of need. His name is Jesus. And today, we are in front of Jesus and we ask Jesus to clean up our mess. Clean up the mess, Lord. Clean up our sins. Clean up the dirt in our hearts. Just raise up your hand right now, everybody. You are our helper. And with you here, everything becomes possible because you are our God. And so in your presence, Jesus, this is how we will respond to you. Look at your children right now, Lord. They've got sins. They've got baggages. They've got shame in their life. But right now, in this moment, we leave no stone unturned. And we walk away from our sin now and forever. We will never let our sin keep us away from our Savior. And today, we just declare that you are our God. And you are our helper. And you are our friend. 
and we worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us the way that you do. Thank you, Jesus, for being our God. And we just give our all today, Lord. Body, mind, spirit, with arms raised up, we sing to you, Jesus, right now. Come on, church. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph slash radio.